Patrick Mahomes is pissed off, and I don't blame him. What is it that is making the league go to this Thursday night schedule, and what does it mean for the Kansas City Chiefs today on Locked On Chiefs? From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for making us your first listen today on Locked On Chiefs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Go check out another Locked On show for your next listen because we've got it all and we are free and available everywhere. Check out, get like, sub, and hit the bell there on YouTube so you can see us in person and see when these shows drop first. We're going to cover the situation in the league with Thursday Night Football and the fact that Patrick Mahomes is a leader. Later, we're going to get into what is the cut-down day rule going to affect? How does Thursday Night Football change the logistics of the league? But we have to start with PM15, everybody's QB1. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, home of the Athletic Matrix and the RGR Football uh, Draft Guide. You got to get that. And all of my analysis for this draft is over on NFL33.com. Check that out and get subbed as well. Chris is the owner of Chiefs Corner, where you can find out everything you want to know about the blah, the, the cap, as well as how it affects There we go. Yeah, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I hit mute because I was trying to make sure I didn't uh, make a sound when you were talking. Um, I apologize. Lots to talk about when you start looking at the how this logistic thing is going to work out for really the Chiefs and the NFL in general. And then obviously cut down day is going to be a big thing across the league. I'm kind of actually happy that they've gotten that. Uh, made the move that they had, but we'll talk about that later in the show. Yeah, that that's going to be an interesting one. And, and this show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of the uh, NFL and the NBA. Make every moment more with FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash locked on. This is the situation. Uh, owners meetings are going on in Arizona uh, and, and wrapped up against the occasional Odell Beckham sighting. There is this decision that I am quite honestly flabbergasted about in terms of a league that purports itself to be all in on player safety. The changes to Thursday night football, we're going to get into the details there. But bottom line, before we even get to what it means, is the fact that the players don't want it, haven't wanted it. And one of the ringleaders with, I I believe it was a single emoji, Patrick Mahomes is able to lead this league because of, of his status in it. In, in not being satisfied with what this means to them. Patrick Mahomes is not only Kansas City's QB1, he is the league's MVP1. And that is what comes down to how you get uh, some balance between ownership and players. I think this is a good sign for Kansas City. I think it's important for the league for Patrick to step out front. Yeah, and for those of you on YouTube, here is his emoji. Oh! Yeah. Uh, hand to the face emoji, basically when they announced that they're going to go to where teams can play twice on Thursday nights. Um, and the secondary change they tabled till May. Uh, I think they're going to continue talking about it a little bit more and we could talk about that a little bit later, yeah. but just the ability to go to two games when the players don't want to play Thursday night football to begin with, that's a problem. But now it, you're saying a that a team could play two times on Thursday night football. That's an even bigger problem. Yeah, and it just goes to show that this is the the league and its business decisions making something that doesn't account for the players' attitudes. The NFLPA has been pushing back against this. 
players are adamant. Justin Reed had something to say. Uh, a lot of, of team leadership from uh, players around other teams around the league have had things to say. But it all comes back to when I see other like Pro Bowl players retweeting Patrick Mahomes, even when he only uses a single emoji. I think his opinion, and particularly on this matter, but of all, all things NFL, I think it carries weight that I think will we'll eventually, not in this decision, I hope not, although we will talk about the other decision coming related to this. I think it does have weight, and I think it can sway, at least in conversation, maybe not the end result, what the league ends up doing. It could, and the thing that's interesting to me is, and, and by I need to be careful how I say this, I want to be clear. I'm not advocating that the owners do what I'm about to say, but it's interesting they table the other thing until May because, to me, if you're going to make this decision – you don't go halfway and say, hey, by the way, now you can play a second game and see what the player response is going to be because you know it's not going to be good. And to have to have that possibly come back in May, at this point you've set it up to be one of those things that they're going to have to, you know, the players are going to talk about and their players are going to voice their dissatisfaction of the thought process of potentially going to a point where they would, uh, Thursday night games would be flexed, could mm -hmm. be flexed. That's yeah. We'll get to the details there. But Patrick himself, as the player, as the guy who was out front of the league, I, I think all this comes back together to show that players at the end, yes, they're competing against each other on the field every week, but in the end, they are, are a unity that has to come together. And I think this enlightens you as to how the league feels about Patrick as being their spokesman, because when you have the kind of success that he does, it's hard to get away from him. And I I do feel like the likes of, of Joe Burrow. And obviously, Aaron Rodgers is a spokesman for no one but him. So it is a bit of a changing of the guard about who is the guy that speaks out for the players? Who is the guy that leads that kind of informal opinion poll? Um, he's not the Chiefs union representative, I don't believe. Uh, I, although that is a good question. I have to verify who that is these days uh, because I do believe he has moved on. But it, it's significant in that if he's in that leadership role, I think that changes the perception for the Chiefs and for him and for the team all the way around the league. They already want to replace him as the Tom Brady everybody loves to hate, right? But I think this goes a step in the opposite direction in making him look like uh, a little bit more of an actual leader without being out front uh, you know, with DeMar Smith or anything. Yeah, and I don't think he is the union rep. I'm, I think he used to be Dustin Colquitt, but obviously he has moved on. So I'm not exactly sure who their union rep is right now. Uh, but him voicing his opinion, and I mean, you saw this uh, back when they were talking about social justice issues a couple of seasons ago. He came out and his voice was near the front of the line for everything. Uh, he put his voice out there and said how he felt about things. And Everybody listened, and it started to draw everybody that direction. And I think that this, that's how this is going to work. I'm sure the players aren't happy about it, and I'm sure he isn't the only player or anywhere close to the only player. I'm sure probably 95% of the league doesn't like it, it, would be my guess. And maybe it's closer to 100%. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's no players that like it. Uh, it, it is possibly bringing in more money for the NFL to do what they're talking about doing, but I think that's also possibly watering down the product.
I, I completely agree. We're going to talk specifics about what the logistics do and how their effect is going to be seen on the field in, in this coming matter on Thursday night football here in a little bit before we get to the changes in the cutdown rules. But first, I want to tell you, this is your opportunity right now. You want to get in on the action? This is the time. Basketball is at its peak. There's other sports that are starting to dial up. Hockey playoffs are around the corner here. You can get in on it all at FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now they're giving you a no-sweat first bet. Go sign up today at our link, fanduel.com slash locked on. You can see it here underneath me. And you get a shot at that no-sweat first bet, which can give you up to $1,000 in bonus bets applied to your account if your first bet doesn't win. It gives you a safety net, so you can wager everything from money line to points uh, scored to rebounds in the paint. There's going to be goals. There's going to be shorthanded goals. There's going to be all kinds of things come hockey season. A lot going on there, and all that comes back to this app that's super easy to use. It's safe and secure, and it makes your life easier. So right now, you can get that no-sweat first bet for up to a 1000 bonus dollars back on your account if you join FanDuel today with our link, fanduel.com slash locked on. That's how you get into it. Make every moment more with FanDuel. As we take a step back from what not just Patrick as, as a leader across the league and a guy that I think will, as time goes by, become by nature uh, a bigger entity within uh, the way that the players negotiate, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think it's important to look at the logistics because he's obviously not the only player affected. And as you said, this now allows teams to play multiple Thursday night games. In the specific language, did anything stand out to you? No, uh, it didn't. But I also wonder, and if I miss this in the language, I apologize. I also wonder, not that I think that this is the way the league is going to do it. I just don't imagine that. But if they're before you start talking about the situation where they could actually flex games, if you're scheduling a team on two Thursday nights, you could technically make it a situation where you give them a bye week the week before they play the second Thursday night game. Uh, I don't think players are going to like that because I'm guessing coaches are going to have them come back from their bye week before they normally would. Yep, absolutely. And we're talking about consecutive weeks of Thursday night. Let's be specific about that. That's the crunch, right? Because I think what this warrants, and we'll talk about the other resolution that, that they're going to vote on again in May. I think what this warrants is, is another elongation of the season. I think if you're going to be able to have to play multiple Thursday night games, you have to have multiple bye weeks in order to offset that preparation and that grind on the, the players' bodies that you're putting out what Roger Goodell likes to call the, the most optimal or best uh, lineup uh, game schedule for the fans. Well, you can't do that if you're breaking your players. Do you think that a, a two-by-week schedule is in the future? Probably. Although, I will say this. If they go to a two-by-week schedule, you know the next thing that's coming. What's that? They need to play 18 games. Well, yeah. I <laughs> so, I mean, I, I do think that that's the direction it's going, and it wouldn't shock me that that's the next possible step that the league takes in the future, but the second they go to a, a two bye week schedule, they're going to ask for another game. That's yeah. just the way this is going to work. Yeah, I, I think that's true. And it, let's be clear, I'm not advocating for an 18-game schedule, especially uh, even if you were to have some fair distance between your bye weeks. You're still talking about you know it, uh, a couple of games that are 
you know, within four or five weeks of each other between those breaks. I don't know if that breaks the season up enough to, to really be worth the regenerative properties of not playing a week, especially if it is the, the opportunity, quote unquote, to play that Thursday night and, and to speed that that resurgence back up. I, I think it's about rest and trying to protect the players so that it's not just the most optimal matchups you put on Thursday night football or any other football schedule, but is the, the healthiest, most fully intact rosters with the best health situations that you put onto the field. Because even if the matchup's good, if one team is decimated, this isn't going to be good football. No, it's not going to be good football. And generally Thursday night football isn't good football anyway. Uh, there are usually pretty bad games regardless of who the team is because they just don't have the time to prepare and their bodies aren't ready for it. You know, the other side of this is, is if you look at it from a perspective of going to an 18-game schedule, uh, potentially in the future, and going to a two-by-week schedule, then you're talking about 20 weeks of the season plus potentially four extra games for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That is a grind. Uh, that which, I, I... which actually would be five extra weeks in the playoffs because you have the Pro Bowl in between the Super Bowl and the and the AFC Championship and NFC Championship games. Which most fans are going to say, hey, I'm ready for more football, right? But if right. you're an athlete in this in this league, if you're a coach in this league, that effectively just means that your off-season is shorter, that your ability to rejuvenate between seasons is shorter, that your product on the field as you move through your career becomes less and less able to recover from the previous season's output. And I'm not even talking about major injuries. I'm just yeah, talking well, about the grind. Right. And then you're also looking at a situation where how are you going to build in two extra weeks potentially? Because at that point, you're going to be running to the scouting combine. Yeah. Or, or if you try to go the opposite direction, you're talking about playing games in July? At the, the height of the heat in, in North America? That's ridiculous. Yeah, Not that August is a whole lot better, but still. Well, I mean, but you'd be starting the regular season in August. You'd be playing, potentially be playing preseason games in July. And the other problem that you could get into is, and I know players would say this if they're going to an 18-game schedule, we don't need three preseason games. Well, okay. I, I don't think do. that's going to be... Yeah, coaches do. Yeah. I mean, your future as a player is, de- is determined by the coaches that need that time to evaluate and the reps to do well, it. And then you're getting in a situation where your starters maybe play one preseason game before the season starts. And then that leads to more injury in the initial few weeks of the season, which leads to less recovery time because of the bye week situation, which leads, especially for playoff teams, to a longer season overall, which means you can't rejuvenate when it comes to the offseason. It's a yep. death spiral, and I think it's terrible for the league. What do you guys think? Leave your comments below in the comments on YouTube and in the Spotify and Apple review uh, particular spaces. I would like to know what you guys think. But that's not all that the league has decided to change. There's another proposition uh, that they can vote on next. We're going to come back and talk about that as well as the changes to the cutdown dates and what we can foresee in the future of all of this meaning. We'll be right back after this to get into those topics. So what it leaves me coming away with is that um, my previous skepticism about the altruistic intentions of this league um, are absolutely founded that uh, the league cares about money and absolutely nothing else. Uh, I feel better about where I was before. How about you? Well, it's always been about the money. I mean, that's the reality of it. it the whole thing is driven by money and the money that they're able to make on TV contracts. So from the least perspective, they're trying to maximize maximize the ability to make money, and and that makes sense from that perspective. But you're right; uh, 
the other the other thing that needs to be talked about if you're really considering doing this is you need to expand the rosters. Oof, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how high you need to expand them, but you need to expand the rosters, and you probably should really consider getting rid of the dress issues too. Like get rid of the the seven or you know, five or six or however many inactive players you have on game day. You should probably get rid of those. There's a lot of there's a lot of questions when you start looking at how this is going to play out across the league. How different? I mean, obviously the players aren't going to be for it because they don't want to be playing that many games, and they don't yeah. want to be playing multiple games on Thursday night. They didn't want to play for Thursday night football to begin with. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a tricky scenario for the NFL to do. I don't know how quickly it's going to happen. I, obviously, the Thursday night thing is already kind of set in motion for this season, but. When are they going to add another game? When are they going to add another bye week? If I mean, I would think that those are going to be coming in the near future, and that's the next conversation to be had. Yeah, I, I definitely think so too. Um, I, I agree with you. There should be no inactive players on game day, and honestly, we're at sixty-nine players total, including the practice squads now, right? So why not just have a nice seventy-five where you have your reserve team, your practice squad team, whatever you want to call it, and that's your roster. You bring in fifteen other camp bodies to see if they can push their way onto one of those two rosters. And if not, you don't, you're done. Well, and honestly, if you're going to expand by six or seven players, I'm not so sure you don't expand your offseason bodies as well. Mm -hmm. That's fair. I mean, that's the the next thing is we're talking about cuts and it used to be a two-step process. Well, as of today, it is now a single guillotine day at every facility in the league. Well, and to be clear, we do want to say this to be clear. That is when they have to be cut down. Doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be when everybody does it. There could be yeah. cuts that happen beforehand. So, so walk and, us through the Kansas actual City, rule change. Right, but Kansas City has actually been one of those teams where if they knew a veteran wasn't going to make their team, they've released them early enough to where they had a chance to make it another team. So you have yeah. that scenario there as well. Yeah, but walk us through the actual rule change though. What is the language of it? So the rule change is that as of this year, I believe it's August 31st, that is the final day that all the rosters have to be at at 53 players. And then on September 1st, you would be able to sign practice squad players. Uh, This is a change from the prior year where they had two cut down days. And I think the year before that, they had three cut down days. So uh, they're slowly making it to where they had none. And now they have none other than just the final day. Uh, this also does mean that you're going to have hundreds of guys out of work in one at day. once. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> it makes it much like there are a couple of uh, takeaways for me. It makes it much like the uh, the final uh, four hours after the draft, where everyone is scrambling for every available unsigned uh, draft free agent. It will produce the same thing in terms of camp bodies that have been let go and everybody floods the system at once, it will be an all-out scramble. It puts more pressure on the pro personnel departments in every team. And yes, there is a pro scouting department that just looks at pro film every every year as well, folks. And that's a whole different scenario from scouting we usually talk about uh, in the draft process. It also, I think, puts a, a lot more stress on coaches getting it right. Because you used to have a cut down and then you still had a few days of reps, maybe even another preseason game when it was three cut downs that you could still evaluate. So it is, you got to have your evals on point because we are doing this all in one shot. Now the, right. And 
and the other question that becomes is how do th how do other changes come about with all these other changes that are coming? I mean, going to one cut down day is not going to change anything really this year for that. But you're looking in the future if you add another bye week like we've been talking about and add another week to the schedule like we've been talking about. Players are going to say they don't want training camp to be as long. Then you're, then you're dealing with another scenario, which makes it harder for the, the people that are evaluating the talent. It, it becomes I mean, it's a vicious a cycle. cycle here. Yeah, exactly. The two people in every organization that I think win in this concept, uh, and for the Kansas City Chiefs, it's Andy Reid and Brett Veach. Because you're going to go through all your most difficult conversations, cutting from, what is it, 37 guys now, 90 down to 53? 53, yep. You're going to do that all within a 24-hour period. It makes It makes – Exit interviews and letting guys know that that you're letting them go, it makes it a faster process. One that has to be quicker by nature. It lets you pull the bandaid, uh, you know, rip the bandaid off all at once. And so maybe that's better on the coaches and and the GM, the head coach and GM roles in terms of being the guys that have to you know deliver all that bad news. I don't know that that offsets the pluses though. Do you? No, and quite frankly, I think that most coaches will tell you and most uh, personnel people will tell you that they already know probably before the last preseason game who 45, if not 48 or 49 of their players on the roster are going to be. Yeah. So they've already got a pretty good idea. So the other thing that this could lead to is that you're in a situation where, okay, maybe they don't cut everybody that last day on the 31st. Maybe they start cutting right after the first preseason game just because they can. And they want to see more reps by people that they're trying to figure out. Yeah. Is this guy going to be on the roster or not? It does make it more of a question mark. We're going to see more changes. We'll see more votes. Uh, there's owner meetings in May. We're going to have a lot more information. And honestly, there'll be more. Uh, that comes through. I, I don't know that there's a whole lot more that I, that I need to discuss today in terms of rule changes, but th that's what stands out right now from this perspective. So today, that's the top of the order. Now, tomorrow, that may change. We still may see movement. There's still some things hanging out there in terms of trade possibilities. We will give you an update as soon as something actually happens. And in the meantime, we'll continue looking at how this team can make itself ready for another run it back scenario to try and win another championship. We have Mock Draft Monday for you coming then. We have more details coming for you tomorrow. Remember, we are here five days a week, as is every show here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making us your first listen. Check out Locked On Scouting because the draft dudes are back. They have rejoined the fam, so to speak. And now we have two of your favorite draft shows going. And watch out for something new from me coming here later in the year that will fit into that as well. The draft is a big, big piece of the offseason every year, particularly for the Kansas City Chiefs, so we want your feedback. What's on your mind right now? Hit us at Lockdown Chiefs on Twitter. Put it in the comments here on this video or any video on the channel. We appreciate your feedback, and we hope that you have a good day today and be with us tomorrow. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you then.